Hi, this is Tommy Wong, and you're listening to Examine the Scriptures, dedicated to explaining the Bible in a simple yet profound manner. We are living in a time when the word authority just seems to be devalued by society. You can call it the anti-authoritarian society. People feel freedom and liberty as virtues that we are to elevate and pursue. It is no wonder that those in authority may have trouble getting the citizens to be in compliance. To give you a real-life example, on March 19, 2019, there was a shocking video that went online that showed two, uh, me two, 13-year-old boys assaulting a teacher in downtown Toronto. Teachers have certain authorities over their students. They have the responsibility to manage the classroom, making sure the students are behaving well and are attentive in class, give lessons and reprimand the students when they're misbehaving. But the fact is, this classroom incident is just one of many examples of how society devalues authority. You see, those 13-year-old boys, they're not just some rowdy kids per se, but really it's a matter of an issue of a human heart, a sinful nature. Now, you can think about parental authority and governmental, uh, governmental authority. Uh, parents have the authority to teach and instruct their children in a manner they should go. But quite often, children misbehave, dishonor, and rebel against their parents. What happens when children misbehave? Well, parents have the authority to discipline and correct them. Now, governments have authorities and laws given to the citizens who need to abide in them. Unfortunately, we have lawbreakers who rebel against the law. As a consequence, the authorities can punish them. Now, all this is to say is that we have authorities in our society. Every country has an authoritative figure. As Christians and in the church, God has authority over us and over how we conduct ourselves in the household of God. In fact, whether if you are a Christian or not, God has supreme authority over his creation because he is the creator. Isaiah Chapter 45, verse 18 says, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, He is God, who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, or I am Yahweh, and there is no other. In the beginning of Genesis, God demonstrates His authority by creating the world and humanity. He created something out of nothing. He spoke the world into existence with the word of his mouth. He commanded there to be light, and there was light. God continued to say in Genesis 1, Let there be this, and let there be that, and those things came into existence. When God created Adam and Eve, he had authority over them by giving them the law to follow and obey while they were living in the Garden of Eden. He's the rightful owner of the world and he's the rightful owner of humanity because he is the creator and he is the Lord 
and there is no other. We learn of God's authority and and through His self-revelation, which is the Bible. This episode is built upon episode one, where I, I, I spoke about the inspiration of Scripture. If you're not familiar with that topic, then I would encourage you to listen to it. So in the previous episode, I spoke about the inspiration of Scripture, the fact that all Scripture is breathed out by God. And because it is breathed out by God, the Scripture has authority. And so today, we will talk about the doctrine of the authority of Scripture. Here is how great Wayne Grudem, one of the uh, famous theologians of our time, here is how Wayne Grudem defines the authority of Scripture. The authority of Scripture means that all of the words in Scripture are God's words in such a way that to disbelieve or to disobey any word of Scripture is to disbelieve or disobey God. The authority of Scripture is based on the truth that all of God's, all of the words found in the Bible are God's words. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, let, just, let me just remind you, if you've listened to this last episode, the, the, Paul says this. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. If the scripture is inspired by God, then we are to believe that it is God's word and that God is the divine author of scripture because God has the supreme authority. Therefore, we are to view the Bible or the scripture as having supreme authority. Of course, there may be some listening here who may not believe that the Bible is God's word. Uh, Maybe perhaps for some of you, you may view it as a fairy tale a book that provides general moral guidance. It's a history book, but not necessarily facts per se. Uh, You may not believe in the Bible because it contradicts with your worldview. But let me just tell you on the outset that there are different arguments to show that the Bible is God's word. There are many uh, apologetic arguments for why we believe that the Bible is God's word. And if you're not familiar with the term apologetics, then it simply means the defense of the faith. Uh, We're not talking about apologies or saying sorry. Uh, Dictionary of Bible Themes defines apologetics as the art of explaining the faith in such a way as to make a recent defense against its detractors. Now, just to give you some arguments out there for, for why I believe the Bible is God's word, Uh, Let me just tell you a few of them, okay? For instance, I could explain to you that the Bible is totally reliable and trustworthy and that God faithfully preserved his word for us for the past 2,000 years, such as the fragments of the early manuscripts, and that his word was never corrupted or changed. Not even the early manuscripts. If you want to compare to the earliest manuscripts, like 200 uh, or or around 2nd century, to like the, the manuscripts in the ninth century, there, there are no corruptions. They're pretty consistent overall. And I could explain to you that God made prophecies in the Bible and that most of the prophecies were fulfilled. You see, around the beginning of the 19th century, a mathematician named Peter Stoner 
took 11 prophecies of the Old Testament in all their details, and he calculated the probability of that occurring by chance. Peter Stoner concluded that the probability of these 11 prophecies coming true, if written in human wisdom, is 1 in 5.76 times 10 to the power of 59. Let me repeat that. If written in human wisdom, the probability of these 11 prophecies coming true is 1 in 5.76 times 10 to the power 59. Now, you can just do the math in your own brain, or do you do your math with, with a drawing board? But let me just say this, is that needless to say, this is a number beyond the realm of possibility. Now, if these things, if these prophecies to be fulfilled were almost impossible, and yet they are fulfilled consistently, then it shows that the Bible is really reliable, and that God, and that it's not just any kind of book, but that God, who made his promises, to fulfill those prophecies, he's the one who actually gave us this word. And he and whenever he says these words, whenever he makes prophecies, and whenever he makes promises, he will fulfill them. Uh, I could explain to you that there are archaeological evidences to show that the Bible is not fiction or fairy tale, but the events that happen in the Bible happen in real life. And there are evidences to show them such as the Tel Dan Stila that mentions King David by name, the uncovering of the city of Jericho where the, fall, where the walls fell flat. Uh, I could explain to you that people who found apparent inconsistencies and contradictions in the Bible were solved. I, I, I could probably keep going on, but I believe that God has given us sufficient reasons in this world to know and to trust that the Bible is His word. However, even though I could talk to you about apologetics, I'm more interested in showing you what the Bible says about itself. I'm more interested in showing you what the Bible says about itself. Now, before we get to the Bible, about what it says about itself, I want to make a point, I want to uh, share with you one of the Baptist Confession of Faith. Uh, it is actually called the, 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 the 1690. 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith, and it says this about the Word of God. So I quote, We may be moved and induced by the testimony of the Church of God to a high and reverent esteem of the Holy Scriptures, and the heavenliness of the matter, the efficacy of the doctrine, and the majesty of the style, the consent of all the parts, the scope of the whole, which is, to, which is to give all glory to God, the full discovery it makes of the only way of man's salvation, and many other incomparable excellencies, and entire perfections thereof, are arguments whereby it does abundantly of evidence itself to be the word of God. Yet, notwithstanding, our full persuasion and assurance of the infallible truth and divine authority thereof is from the inward work of the Holy Spirit, bearing witness by and with the word in our hearts, end quote. You see, what should convince us that the Bible is God's word is the Holy Spirit himself, who bears witness to us in our hearts with, through, and by his word. John MacArthur says, 
given the nature of God and His Word, He alone is qualified to establish and attest to Scripture's divine authority. This is precisely what He does through the the internal testimony of the Holy Spirit to a believer. According to the Bible, the Holy Spirit works through the Scriptures to confirm its reliability, giving the believer a certainty that it is the Word of God. The authority or authority is derived from a spiritual ministry of the Holy Spirit, not a subjective determination by the believer. So all this is to say is that as much as you know we have a lot of evidence for the Bible, we don't just give it those evidence to people and let them decide for themselves if the Bible is authoritative or not. The fact is, the Bible is authority. The Bible is authoritative whether or not if a, if a, if a person determines it or not. We believe the Bible is God's word and the Bible is authoritative because of what the Bible says about itself. And see, in the Old Testament, the Israelites or the Jews recognized the scripture as having sacred authority because it is from God. Exodus chapter 24, verse 7. Then he took the book of the covenant, that is Moses, uh, the Ten Commandments, and read it in the hearing of the people. And they, the Israelites, said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. And all the people gathered as one man into the square before the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses that the Lord had commanded scripture. So Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could understand what they heard. Now jumping to the end of verse 3. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, acknowledged and appealed to the Old Testament as having authority. Whenever he makes references to the Old Testament, he would say, it is written, it is written, it is written. He says that as a declarative statement that the Old Testament is God's word and it has authority. When Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, he responded with scripture. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, Jesus says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he was citing Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. Other examples like Matthew chapter 26 verse 31. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples after the supper. You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So he was, so he was citing Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. Mark chapter 7, verse 6. Jesus and his disciples with their hands not washed. Okay, so this was the whole situation. Jesus and his disciples were eating with their hands that were not washed. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And Jesus said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandment of men. He was citing Isaiah chapter 29 verse 3. 
The New Testament has equal and supreme authority as the Old Testament. It was Jesus who appointed the apostles to be his spokesmen to the world. They were privileged to have the title of an apostle because it was Jesus who chose them to be his witness and spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. This they have this term this has been the term known as the apostolic authority. And one of the authorities would be the writing of scripture that contains teachings or instructions, history, and events. Of course, some of the prophet, some of the apostles did write scripture, but there were others who were not chosen apostles, wrote scripture, but they were in close association with the apostles. So they were not off doing their own thing, doing their own side kicks, their own side gig. And just to let you guys know on top of your, uh, for my listener is that I don't believe that apostles exist this day. I believe that uh, that the apostles have the, uh, the authorities of the apostle or the apostolic authority or or any kind of apostles have ceased ever since the death of the last apostle, which is I, I, I think is the apostle John. And after the apostle John died, there were no more apostles afterwards. Continuing on in our topic, see the early church father, Iranian said, if anyone does not agree with the apostles' teaching, he despised the companions of the Lord. He despises Christ the Lord himself. He even despises the Father, and he is self-condemned, resisting and refusing his own salvation, as all the heretics do. Jesus Christ gave the apostles the Holy Spirit to empower them as promised by Christ himself, especially the role of writing scripture and recalling the things that Christ taught them. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Apostle Peter recognizes that Apostle Paul's letters had defined authority. Remember, half of the New Testament is written by Paul. Half of the New Testament is Paul's letters. So this is what Peter said about Paul's letters. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16, Peter says, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures like the Old Testament. And so as you see, Paul's writings, Paul's letters have equal authority, have also divine authority like the Old Testament. Jesus Christ claims authority for his own words. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. John chapter 14, verses 23 to 24. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's 
who sent me. Ultimately, the Bible is God's word and authoritative, not because you determine in your own heart, not because you that you are convinced that it is authoritative, but the Bible is God's word and authoritative because that is what the Bible claims for itself. This is what sets us apart from Roman Catholicism. Catholics do see the Bible as authoritative, but the Pope or the papal authority or the church have more authority over the Bible, and the Protestants disagree with that. In Article 1 of the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inherency, it says, We affirm that the Holy Scriptures are to be received as the authoritative Word of God. We deny that the Scriptures receive their authority from the Church, tradition, or any other human source. We believe that the Bible has supreme authority over the Church, the Christians, the pastors, the elders, and the entire creation. The Church does not have ultimate authority. Pastors and elders do not have ultimate authority. None of us have ultimate authority. The government does not have ultimate authority. Scripture has ultimate authority over our lives, our church, our ministry, our experience, our feelings, and our intellects. So, as Christians, we submit ourselves under the authority of Scripture. We do not get to sit on the Bible and be the judge over it. St. Augustine has eloquently said this, When Scripture speaks, God speaks. To deny the Scripture is to deny God. To disobey the Scripture is to disobey God. To deny the authority of Scripture is to deny the authority of God. To say that the Scripture is not reliable is to say that God is not reliable. To say that the Scripture has errors is to say that God has made errors. Well, let me just also make one more clarification before we make a conclusion. One more clarification is that the Scripture is not God. Scripture is not God. Well, I, I don't want to convince us. I don't want us to head down the road called Bibliolatry, where we worship the Scripture. No, we don't worship the Scripture. However, we worship the God who is revealed in Scripture. We obey the God who is revealed in Scripture. We enjoy knowing the God who is revealed in Scripture. Whatever decision you make in your life, how you live your life, however way you make your plans for the life of the church, whatever statement of faith or decree or, or creed that you craft, whatever whatever opinions you have about a certain subject or topic, remember this. Scripture is the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds, and opinions should be tried. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and I want to thank you for dropping by and listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Peace.